This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. And I had a good relationship, very good with both of them. I would tell Zelensky, no more. You got to make a deal. I would tell Putin, if you don't make a deal, we're going to give them a lot. We're going to give them more than they ever got if we have to. I will have the deal done in one day. One day. Hang on. I mean, first of all, uh, that again, ending this one day, Susan Page suggests that they're going to plan to give Russia plenty. That they're tell if he's telling Zelensky, uh, hey, that's enough. We, I think we can read between the lines what that is about. But also, let's remember, he's characterizing his relationship with Volodymyr Zelensky as I knew him very well. Yes, because it was his conversation with Zelensky that got him impeached the first time as he was trying to withhold military aid to Ukraine. And so Ukraine would dig up political dirt on now President Biden. So that's the backdrop to that conversation. But just give us give us your read here on, on what we're hearing from Trump and I will say one of the persistent storylines at the NATO summit in Vilnius last week is this real fear that if, if Putin can hang on through the American elections next fall and he's rewarded with Donald Trump as the White House, he knows he's got a shot to win this after all. Uh, yes, I mean, this is a concern we heard from uh, quietly from NATO leaders about what would happen if Donald Trump wins the next election, which is not an impossibility. We heard that first question at that Finnish news conference from a Finnish reporter, can we count on the United States to stick around because it would be a very, the U.S. position would be quite different toward the war in Ukraine and toward Vladimir Putin if, if Donald Trump moved back into the White House. Of course, the idea that the American president, whoever he or she is, could tell Zelensky to make a deal and that he would do so is pretty laughable given that uh, Zelensky has shown himself to be a pretty valiant leader of Ukraine and someone who is willing to stand up to the United States when he thinks it's in his interest. And the question of when Ukraine will be interested and willing to get, get seek a sit down for a serious diplomatic solution. I don't really think we're there yet. So, Brandon, the, there are certainly some in Republican leadership and Senate uh, Minority Leader McConnell, chief among them, who are saying, look, we're going to support Ukraine. This is what our job as Americans to do to 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 bolster Kiev against what Russia is doing. But there's definitely a strain of of isolationism, a strain of Republicans who are questioning whether or not uh, this is the right idea. We know there's some in the Republican House and those voices have grown louder uh, about the idea of the funding to Ukraine. We also heard from Tucker Carlson uh, at an event he held in Iowa in recent days, really pressing some of the GOP candidates about whether or not this is a good idea. How prevalent or how much of a factor is this going to be for Republican voters as they look at these candidates today, including, most of all, Donald Trump, uh, you know, that this could be we want to not support Ukraine. We want to do something very different than this current White House going forward. 
Oh, it's very real. I mean, the party is so much more isolationist than it was. And we actually saw this vote in the House on the bill we were just talking about. There were amendments offered to significantly limit or even cut off support for Ukraine. And they failed overwhelmingly. But 70-something Republicans voted for that. Uh, and it's easy to look at it, well, those, those didn't pass uh, even close. But I looked at it and was like, wow, that's a lot of Republicans saying they're willing to cut off aid to Ukraine right now at this moment. I mean, I was bracing in that Trump interview for him to say that he, you know, that's, that's his position, that he's going to cut off. And that's how he's going to end this war. At least, thankfully, he said, uh, you know, he, he maybe use strength to try to end it. Um, but it's real. It's pervasive. There are a lot of very popular figures out there who push this stuff uh, all the time. And there's an audience for it. And, and Trump has been one of the leaders of the, of the isolationist movement, you got to say. Like, so, um, you know, he, he's, he's responding to something that he saw out there, but he also drives it a lot himself. All right. Well, Brendan Buck, thank you very much. We're going to have more on Welcome back to The War Room. It's Natalie Winters filling in for Stephen K. Bannon. As you guys probably know, if you if you were either at the Turning Point Conference yesterday or if you watched us on Rumble, A Real America's Voice, he gave a very impassioned, very energetic, I have to say. I've seen Steve give a lot of speeches. I don't know if I've ever seen a mic drop uh, before. But so I guess Steve needed the, uh, the afternoon off, no amount of Red Bull. Could get him through to the 6 p.m. show, but I'm happy to fill in and bring a whole host and cast of guests, uh, some new friends to the show to talk about all things, not just Turning Point, but of course, Ukraine, uh, what's going on in Congress, what's going on with the Biden regime, uh, even what's going on with big pharmas, uh, particularly their war on women. Now, I also had a perfect cold open teed up uh, for who our first guest was supposed to be, which is Congressman Andy Ogles. I know he's going to have to jump at 630 for votes, but... If and when the studio gets him, they can let me know because he was one uh, of the 98 Republicans who were brave enough to vote for MTG's amendment to halt any additional funding, at least the 300 million uh, in the NDIA, to Ukraine. He's also been a part of the uh, really indefatigable 20, and of course the 71 who voted against the debt ceiling raise. But in the meantime, someone who is also wonderful. He's not just a friend of mine, but a friend of the show, Ashton Munholland, who is the president of Palm Beach. Young Republicans, people may recall that that is the city where the Turning Points Conference was held for the last few days. So if we have Ashton, we can bring her in. But like I said, at the studio, if you want to let me know, and we have Congressman Ogles, I would appreciate that. Uh, but Ashton, if you just want to give the audience a little bit of a primer, um, specifically on what your club is about, but more importantly, how you've grown the membership, then we're going to get into all things uh, Deep State, Ron DeSantis, and of course, the Turning Point event. Oh, our beloved governor. Um, yes. So over the past eight months, we are actually a brand new club and we are one of the fastest growing clubs in the state. We have over 150 members and about 400 people who oscillate in between our different speaker events. And really, it, it's because there's such a vacuum, I believe, for leadership when in 30s. Go ahead. Person Ogles is going to have to bounce for votes. So we're going to get back to that because I want to talk about what you're doing because it's very important. But Congressman Ogles, if you can if you can hear me. I can hear you just fine. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. I don't know whether to blame uh, the Chinese Communist Party or the Ukrainian government for your <laughs> technological issues, but <laughs> I, uh, I, di I digress. Um, but we, we were talking, I don't know if you've got a chance to hear the, the cold open, uh, but it's basically MSNBC and all their talking heads lamenting how Donald Trump would be able 
to end the Ukraine war, because at the end of the day, we know that would be bad for the paymasters. In the Beltway, all the defense contractors, people who've made a bunch of money off of this war, you obviously were one of the 98 Republicans to vote for the uh, one of the amendment, amendments to the NDAA, stripping additional funding to Ukraine. If you just want to sort of walk us through that vote, where that crusade to stop this just unnecessary and endless spending uh, or at least, you know, talking millions, frankly, it's probably billions by the end of this conflict uh, to Ukraine, where you stand on that. And then we can drill down on some of the other issues you're working on. Yeah, I mean, and to be clear, when you look at, you know, money sent, equipment sent, uh, expertise that has been expended, you know, we're at roughly 46 billion B's and Bravo dollars. That's a lot of money. And so even if you're someone, so some of your listeners who may support the Ukrainian effort, like the, the question would be is what's the end game? What's the mission statement? Where's the accountability? And none of that, none of those questions have been answered. And so I have a, a responsibility, even if hypothetically I supported the effort, where's the accountability? What, what are we going to do? Is there a pathway to peace? What does that look like? What are we doing to achieve that mission? And so, but the problem to your point is like this deep state has taken over and this has just become a cash cow. And when you ask those questions, they look at you like you're stupid, but you know what? I'm a fiscal conservative. You're a fiscal conservative. And we have a right to get the answers to those questions before we spend another dollar on this effort and before we have Americans ultimately ending up uh, getting killed in this effort. So I want to link this to a really important piece that was published in the New York Times today. You got Haberman and Swan behind it. Steve obviously talked about it in the morning show, but it's talking about how Donald Trump is really planning to crack down on uh, really what is the administrative state, right? The permanent political class, not just the career appointees, but the 16, 17 million people who are on the contracting side, who, who are, of course, benefiting immensely from this Ukraine conflict. And I think that MSNBC cold open complements that story perfectly because they know Donald Trump poses an existential threat to the endless and forever wars. And like you were saying, there is sort of a disconnect between Republicans in Congress and what the, for lack of a better word, MAGA base is, at least when it comes to the issue of Ukraine, the turning point conference that just concluded uh, they pulled members, which you're talking six, seven, eight thousand people who are part of grassroots, and they said 96 percent of people opposed U.S. involvement, specifically through additional funding uh, in the Ukraine war, which really is just a, a staggering figure. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. And you, you hear the bell in the background. I hear the buzzer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you know, but me to your point, and again, this is one of those situations where, look, I understand that Russia is the bully. I, I really I realize that, you know, this is a complicated conversation, but everything's in context. Right. And so the real existential threat to the United States and our future and your future and your kids future, and my children's future is the CCP. And so now we have you have a Chinese government that literally is ramping up for war. We know that their shipbuilding capability is now greater than ours. We know that they're, they're, they're building their nuclear arsenal. There's constant incursions into Taiwan airspace and, and uh, naval space. And yet here we are, we're messing around with Ukraine, spending hard-earned American dollars. Some of our preparedness and our readiness is being spent to Ukraine. And, and not to mention, the Taiwanese have pre-ordered 19 billion, B is in Bravo, billion dollars worth of armaments and we have they have yet 
to receive those armaments. Why? Because our supply chain, our war supply chain, is, is taking care of Ukraine instead of Taiwan. And let, let me make this clear. If China decides to move, to make a move on Taiwan, they're not going to make the same mistakes that the Russians have made. There's not going to be this protracted engagement. You're going to wake up one morning and the Chinese government, the Chinese military will have made an advancement on Taiwan and it's over. And when you consider that all of the technology that's produced out of Taiwan, this is a direct existential threat to the United States of America. And again, that, that, that's just not just words. Think about COVID. Think about it for a minute, our supply chains. Think about how hard it was to get basic things like toilet paper or prescription drugs during COVID. We still have ripple effects from COVID in the supply chains and our over-reliance on China. We need to be having that conversation. That needs to be our number one priority, not Putin, not regime change. Look, this is a feud that goes back 100 years. Well, not really, since World War II. It's not going to be fixed overnight, and I'm talking about Ukraine. And so for us to continue to spend money over there with, without some sort of mission statement, I'm opposed to it. That's, that's our money. Meanwhile, our southern border is porous. You literally can walk across the border. And they now have the cartel saying that they can, they're going to target our border patrol if they start enforcing our laws. To me, that's an act of war because the, the cartels are nothing more than an extension of the Mexican government. Now, Congressman, you, you let me know when you have to go, but we'll, we'll keep you for as long as you can. Oh, yeah. uh, the audience doesn't know he has, he has votes. But you come, obviously, from the great state of Tennessee, but that also means that you know firsthand what Chinese Communist Party uh, infiltration looks like for some reason. I think it's because of your, your beautiful land and, and wonderful abundance of agriculture. The Chinese Communist Party has targeted your state quite heavily, but I'm curious, you're, you know, you're a freshman member of Congress and you really just laid out the case as to why we should be focusing on the Chinese Communist Party, but it seems like the elites in Washington are more concerned with arming Ukraine, uh, let alone defending our southern border. So just in your opinion, like I said, you're, you're a freshman representative, so you know, I'm sorry, you're still getting used to life in Washington, D.C., but in your opinion, do you think the reason that so many people are hesitant to confront the Chinese Communist Party do you think it's more so because they've been bought off, paid for, infiltrated and influenced a la the Biden family? Or do you think it's actually an ideological affinity in the sense of these people want the endless forever wars? These people genuinely uh, just want to shell out millions, billions of dollars to Ukraine just to keep their donors happy. I'm aware the answer, answer might not be mutually exclusive with, with both of them. But in your kind of assessment, boots on the ground, what do you think? The answer is as to why we are so unwilling and incapable of confronting the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, you know, I don't think that's a simple answer. You know, one, you know, obviously I'm one of the more conservative members of Congress. I'm a very outspoken member of Congress. I was one of the original 20 that, you know, that kind of held up the speaker's race because we had to change the rules. We had to change the way Congress does its business. But that being said, I think there's this disconnect. I mean, I think part of it is, we are in this 24-hour news cycle. You do have the, the reality of there is an ongoing conflict in, in Eastern Europe, and so that's kind of the shiny object that's getting all the attention. It's harder to articulate the threat that the CCP uh, poses. I say that, but we have, you and I just discussed it. It's quite clear. And you mentioned Tennessee, right? You know, the, the Oak Ridge Laboratory, where, you know, the, the center of nuclear uh, research for the United States or one of the centers, that balloon literally flew right through middle Tennessee. And when you look at the range that that balloon had uh, in its surveillance equipment, it took in 
uh, not only uh, Fort Campbell, which is a military base and our Air Force base that's there in Tullahoma, but also Oak Ridge. It literally threaded the needle between all three of those installations. And if you if you don't think China is not a threat, you're not paying attention. I mean, at first, and not to mention, the Biden administration just willingly lies. I mean, they get up for breakfast, and I think that's what they do is they figure out what's the next lie to see that will the American people buy into it. And they told us it was a weather balloon, that it was not a threat, that it wasn't a spy apparatus, that they that it couldn't be maneuvered. And then, of course, all of that was false. So I think part of it is is just the simplicity of there is this conflict. It is the shiny object. It's the easiest to articulate. There's been this public support and outcry for freedom and liberty, which, hey, I get that. I believe in freedom. I believe in liberty. I'm a big nerd. I love our founding fathers, right? So this, this speaks to the heart of who we are as Americans for standing up for the little guy, right? But at the same token, that's our dollars. That's American taxpayers' dollars. And I have a right to know how those monies are being spent. And as a member of Congress, they can't tell me. Now, going back to the other part of this equation, this like, what do you do about it? You know, the Biden administration is upset because Trump, if he gets into the office and I'll say when he gets back into the office, he's going to fire a bunch of bureaucrats. Well, you know what? That's a good thing. We don't need bureaucrats running our country. We don't need bureaucrats spending our money. What we need is elected officials like myself. You know, John Quincy Adams, he said the House of Representatives was a people's house. That's where we do the people's business. That's where we fight and argue over the issues. And I'm also the closest that any individual is going to have to that budget, right? I'm an elected House member. I have to run every two years. There's an accountability there. We are the people that should be making these decisions, not unelected bureaucrats. And this this administration is woefully afraid of what Trump is going to do, what he should do. That's why I've endorsed him. And quite frankly, in my reelect when that day comes, uh, I'm one of his first endorsements as well. I always think the term uh, bureaucrat is, is too euphemistic and endearing. These people are, you know, hardcore apparatchiks through and through. Their only allegiance is is to the administrative state because it keeps them employed. And by the way, Congressman, I think you uh, you sell yourself short because you were just part of the 20 opposing McCarthy. You were also part of the uh, 71, I think it was, no's on the debt ceiling. And like we were just discussing the 98, uh, I guess, A's on uh, the Ukraine amendment. Pr- pretty impeccable record. So thank you, sir, for joining us. And we'll have you back soon. But if people want to stay up to date with what you're working on, go to your campaign website, find you on social media. Uh, what are your coordinates? Where can they find you? It's quite simple, andyogles.com, or obviously Facebook slash Andy Ogles. I'm easy to find. I'm, I'm outspoken. I'm a target. They say horrible things about me. But, you know, when you're over the target, you're going to take flack. And uh, they don't like the fact that I'm, I'm not willing to just to sit down and shut up. I'm going to say the things that need to be said. I'm a Southerner. I'm going to be polite when I say it. But by George, I came up here to break things and, and, and fight for the American people. And that's what I'm going to do. I think it's a, a prerequisite to come on War Room. You have to have the mainstream media say <laughs> bad things about you. <laughs> Thank right. you, sir, for joining us. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good one. Now, Ashton, sorry to interrupt you, but I think if we still have you, the studio could bring Ashton back. Again, Ashton is the president of the Palm Beach Young Republicans, and she was just giving us, actually for once on this show, some good news, some optimism about how she's helping to expand the club down there, The really the wild numbers uh, of expansion that they're seeing. So if you want to pick up where you left off and then we'll get into the uh, the more nitty gritty stuff. Yes, so we're in Palm Beach County and over the past eight months, we've had over 400 people oscillate in between our different events that we've hosted. 
And really, there's just such a vacuum for young leaders in their 20s and 30s that hold our views and are, are not willing or are not afraid to be willing to use their voices and to stand up for you know what we believe in and to create that environment. Before I took over the club, there was a, a group of maybe five or 10 people who just kind of bar hopped and there wasn't really much going on with it. And so when we took it over, we decided that this was going to be a community that was going to be a safe place, a safe place um, for conservatives to really voice, um, voice their opinions and be able to debate and and uh, continue in that dialogue of developing our our understanding and our political rhetoric so it's it's been a very powerful eight months and um, we're gearing up for election season so it's going to be great so full disclosure i i think i actually am a member right people know you still live in palm beach i just moved back to dc and ashton is a, a dear friend of mine uh, but Ashton, if you could just walk us through your thoughts, you I saw you at the Turning Point uh, Act Con event where War Room was at and doing the live show. But if you could just sort of give us your thoughts. Obviously, it was a younger crowd, but also specifically, we know there were a lot of young people, young activist types there. But there also was one person who certainly wasn't there, uh, someone by the name of, I think, Governor Ron DeSantis or DeSantis. I don't even know how you pronounce it. Uh, but just your thoughts on Act Con. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. It's really disappointing that Ron could not make it there. And I don't believe it was an accident. I don't believe it was a scheduling conflict. Um, I believe it's just a reflection of his cowardice that he carries. And to be honest, I, I feel bad for him. I mean, if my wife was dragging me through the campaign trail and, you know, propping me up and, and being backed by the donors, um, such as the Bushes and, you know, the Soroses of the world, and and really being set up for failure, I I think I would I think I would uh, probably not want to show up either. So you know it's just a reflection of that cowardice. Unlike Donald Trump, who took the stage by storm, the crowd was electric and everybody was excited to listen to every single word he had to say. And again, I just think it's a reflection of what we need on the global scale, which is a leader, which is not unfortunately Ron DeSantis um, for president. See yeah, Ashton, she she looks nice. She looks. Nice and classy, but she definitely brings out the uh, the punches, like you say, murderers row here in the war room. And you have a really, I think, unique expertise and grasp on what young people, obviously, as a president of Palm Beach Young Republicans, are interested in. I, I know, like I said, I've been to a lot of your events that it seems like most of the people in the club support Donald Trump. That sort of seems to be the, the general sentiment. I think Trump, what was it? He got 85, 86 percent of the poll um, at Turning Point. Vivek was, was second behind him. But you know, there was a wonderful article in ABC, I guess they're now on the uh, the payroll of the Trump campaign because it basically read like a, a free ad, but saying that the only reason people would vote for Trump is to get revenge on the government. It goes through the administrative state, the you know crazy conspiracy that they're they're waging war on us. And a lot of times I think when we talk about the youth vote and why people are drawn to conservatism, it's more, you know, the cultural issues, social issues, the economy. But from what you're hearing, I'm just curious, in your opinion, do you think Donald Trump's messaging, particularly on waging war against the administrative state, this con this concept of retribution, is that something that young people, again, in the 20 to 30 age group, that demographic, something that they can understand and really get behind? Um, yes, I would say absolutely. I think that that is one of the most powerful messages. You know, when, when the left makes fun of it and says, oh, Donald Trump is, is threatening retribution, we would say exactly, exactly. That is exactly why we why we want him. I mean, even look at the rise of Andrew Tate and men like him. Donald Trump carries the courage and conviction that I think every young 
20 and 30 year old wishes that they could have. So I think it's magnetic. Absolutely. So with the club, we were talking about how you've expanded it. I know we've talked about how you're sort of been molding it after the you know New York Young Republicans. I'm obviously a member of, of the DCYRs here. Um, but that has really given you, I think, an in with like the grassroots, right, in, in Palm Beach County. And obviously the grassroots totally descended on Palm Beach uh, for Turning Point ActCon. Uh, I know you guys had a booth there. Just curious, sort of the, the temperature on the ground for the members of the Warren Posse who weren't fortunate enough to make it to the conference. Uh, what was it actually like getting the chance to talk with the activists there? You know, what were some of the issues that were really on the forefront of people's minds? What do people want to, people want to talk to you about? So a lot of the young people are really concerned with the economy, right? I mean, the inflation is ridiculous. We're sending, we're sending trucks and trucks loads of cash to Ukraine, which is ridiculous. And Donald Trump really is the only person that's talking about put, putting America first. Um, Ron DeSantis is not. Um, Vivek is following that. And I think even RFK Jr. is also copying some of that messaging. And so a lot of people are discussing Vivek. Vivek was very popular this weekend. Um, I think he's growing in popularity, but I think a lot of it is trailing uh, the messaging of Donald Trump and you know same thing with RFK Jr. All of them in, in the top three popular most popular over Don Ron DeSantis. DeSantis didn't even make it to the top three. Um, all of the theme the underlying theme there is is the same thing of what we're talking about is, is taking it to the globalists and coming back and putting America first. And so, you know, whether you're Democrat or Republican, I think that that's some of the most popular and powerful messaging that we have. And it's what most people are talking about right now. I think you and I, even even you and I are old enough to remember when uh, Turning Point's slogan, you know, was big government sucks. And that was only, what was it, you know, six, seven years ago. But it really shows how far we've come where we're not just talking about big government, but we're now talking about the collusion of really what is global government with big tech, big pharma, really big everything to really suppress all the, the fundamental freedoms and civil liberties that we have, not because the government says we have, but because God and the Constitution say we do. Ashton, we got to jump in about 90 seconds. So I want you to plug the club and let people know how they can get involved, what upcoming events you have. And more importantly, if they want to find you on social media, where can they find you? Yes, absolutely. So if you are in Palm Beach County and you'd like to come to some of our events, you can find us at palmbeachyr.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. It's at palmbeachyr. Um, my Instagram is at ashonpoint with an E. And um, we would love to have you. We're building our campaigns committee right now for this season, and we will be fully, fully backing President Donald Trump to be 47 over 45. So we got some breaking news there. I know we won't get too much into it because I think we have a press release, some more news coming out, but I'm sure you'll be back on War Room to break all that good stuff. And I also, I hear you met Trump yesterday, which is pretty cool. Ashton, we got to let you go, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being such a good friend. But War Room Posse, we still got a packed show. We got Morgan McMichael from Turning Point USA. And of course, Mike Davis, a War Room favorite, walking us through the latest really legal battles that the Biden regime is waging on the American people with regard to their ability to censor and collude uh, freedom of speech on all platforms, whether it's elections, vaccines, you name it. But we will be right back. And thank you for joining us. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? 
progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Every day, the parallel economy grows bigger and bigger. It's powered by everyday Americans who are sick and tired of all the woke propaganda being jammed into every product they consume. Big mobile companies are no different. For years, they have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we had to take it because you need a cell phone and probably thought there was no alternative, but there is. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke politics. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your phone. Keep your number. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R. IOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. Get the same dependable service and take a stand for your values. Make the switch today. Remember, stop giving your money to people that don't support your values. Go to PatriotMobile.com BANNON or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDTaxRelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. 
if you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. It's still not Stephen K. Bannon. You got Natalie Winters still hosting, but don't fret. Steve will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. and I think for the afternoon show too, but we'll actually be heading on Wednesday to Trump's golf course in Bedminster, New Jersey, to do a live show ahead of the screening of Sound of Freedom, which is, of course, a wonderful movie. You should definitely go see it if you haven't already or go see it again for a second time, a third time, even a fourth time. I think it would probably be better uh, every subsequent time. But joining me now is someone who I don't believe has ever been on War Room before, but we were fortunate enough to briefly meet uh, at Turning Point Act Con is a contributor to Turning Point USA, but a social media influencer with quite a sizable following. Uh, Her name is Morgan McMichael, uh, and she's been covering and focusing on an issue that I think is something that maybe is a a little out of the, I would say, regular lexicon of a typical war room viewer, but the mainstream media really has had their head in a tailspin uh, over what Turning Point USA shows like Alex Clark have been doing, waging a war really against hormonal birth control and its negative effects on women. Of course, Big Pharma loves to omit a lot of those details and data, just like they have with COVID-19 vaccines. Um, So Turning Point really has been facing a lot of criticism and attacks for what they've been trying to do. They would say spread misinformation and disinformation uh, to young women. So Morgan, if we have you, I'd love for you sort of to explain the criticism and attacks that you guys have been receiving, particularly on your efforts to really raise the red flag uh, about what I think is really, you could call it big pharma's war on women, women, particularly when it comes to hormonal birth control. Absolutely. Thank you, Natalie, for having me on War Room today. The wage on, on war on women with hormonal birth control has been insane over the past decade. Ever since the modern feminist movement took over, I mean, hormonal birth control is prescribed to sometimes even 13 and 14 year olds going into their doctor's office seeking help for their menstrual cycles. And they end up having these long term side effects that are not clearly told to these young women. And now there's even an over the counter pill that is going to be available in July. This was just FDA approved, which is completely scary 
especially for young women who are seeking help with contraceptives, they're saying that this is going to be the most effective oral contraceptive on the over-the-counter, the only over-the-counter pill available. But then even things like Nexplanon, IUDs, hormonal birth control is really against women. And Big Pharma is trying to push this on every single woman and really making it a Band-Aid fix for all women to just go on birth control to solve all their problems, where instead it's actually causing them long-term side effects. They don't know the side effects and cause them very much uh, just horrible things like bleeding. Women also have hormone imbalances. Some women are even chemically castrated by using hormonal birth control overtly for too long and not being prescribed the right amount. So Turning Point USA, we've gotten a lot of backlash, especially with Alex Clark after the past month during the Young Women's Leadership Summit, raising awareness and talking about the red flags and side effects and dangers of these young girls being prescribed hormonal birth control without actually knowing the side effects and what could happen to their bodies in the future. So we focus a lot on this show about how Big Pharma has certainly waged war on the American people when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. We have obviously Dr. Naomi Wolf, Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough, uh, who've really led the charge on exposing not just the inefficacy, but I really think posing the question when they say the cure was supposed or shouldn't have been worse than the disease, they're actually saying, you know, was the cure in some ways the disease? Um, but I want to sort of, or I'm curious to at least get, get your opinion and your take uh, on the, I would say, attack and crusade that Big Pharma has been on to push and normalize birth control sort of through the lens or the paradigm of what they did with the COVID-19 vaccine. In other words, do you think that Big Pharma is sort of intentionally obscuring some of these data points that are indicating that hormonal birth control might not just be some catch-all solution, might not just be some panacea uh, to health problems that young women are having, but they're pushing for it first and foremost because they know it drives their profits up. But more importantly, what I'm curious to get your opinion on, uh, they've also sort of waged information warfare, right? In other words, they're purposely trying to cover up the side effects and calling people like me and you who talk about this, you know, crazy conspiracy theorists. Right. And they've absolutely labeled conservatives against hormonal birth control as right wing conspiracy theorists. And you know what? Some birth control for women may be safe and effective, but largely slapping a Band-Aid on it and saying birth control is safe and effective for all women just is not the case. And absolutely, Big Pharma has completely lied to women. And I think the feminist movement has a huge play in this since they have really taken on ever since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, taking birth control now in their hands as well, since we can't get abortions, everyone gets on birth control, which now we've seen the over-the-counter birth control now become available in July. And that is what I think is the most scary, is that Big Pharma is now pushing for even younger women to be prescribed birth control. They're not telling the side effects. They're not being transparent with the data that is clearly coming out with the side effects that women could have. I mean, women will go years without having their period and thinking that it's normal and then possibly being infertile for years upon removing birth control from their bodies and having to completely rebalance their systems. So it's definitely really scary to see the effects that big pharma has. I mean, they're getting richer where they're sickening their entire generation of women. The U.S. birth rate has been at an all-time low in decades. And now we're just continuing to completely medicate women as young as 13 years old. And they're completely messing up the puberty cycle and women's cycles for the rest of their lives. And so 100% this has to do with COVID. Look at big pharma and how they treated 
COVID-19 with the vaccinations. And they're doing the exact same thing by medicating women all the same for completely different reasons, not even checking people's hormones before prescribing them a birth control pill, which is not a safe pill for every single woman. It's very scary. It's very real. But one thing I have to say about this new birth control pill coming out, the O pill in July, is that it's over the counter. There has never been a birth control pill available where you can get progesterone, which is completely ruins women's bodies in some cases, just by going to a pharmacy or even a gas station now. And my fear is young women are going to be taking this medication, not properly and harming their systems even more than they would be if they were prescribed it by a doctor or even talking to their parents. Well, look, you, you've really hit the signal and not the noise. And I know this isn't an issue that we usually cover on Steve Bannon's war room. But why it's so important is because people have to remember, you know, it's the same voices, the same establishment that's telling us that we shouldn't have children because of climate change. It's the same administration, Kamala Harris, who allegedly misspeaks when she says overpopulation is something that they're looking to fix and cure. So that's why I've always thought that this story this issue, even though, like I said, it's not the typical uh, focus of Steve Bannon's war room, but it is important because it links to all of, of all of the broader stories that, that we do cover on this show. So Morgan, I gotta let you go in, in, a, in about two or three minutes, but if you could just tell us a little bit about what exactly it is that you do with Turning Point. Uh, and I, I know specifically that you have a good pulse, uh, or I guess I'm on the pulse of uh, you know young, younger voters, people our age, I don't get to interact with a lot of young people. I work primarily with Steve. Um, but give the audience some hope when it comes to young voices and young voters and young people and how they actually aren't just, uh, or let's say actually they are conspiracy theorists, and I use that term endearingly. Absolutely. I am very, very hopeful for our future, especially going in the 2024 election. I mean, if you look at Gen Z, we are one of the largest voting blocks in this past weekend at Turning Point Action Act Con. Uh, it's so cool to see how many young Gen Zers were present at that conference. Turning Point USA also hosted our chapter leadership summit this past week, where over 700 key chapter leaders from our thousands of high school and college chapters across the country joined for a leadership training so that they could go out, boots on the ground, get involved in their communities, and be active in their communities to continue pushing the conservative movement. So me as a contributor, it was super, super fulfilling to be able to meet so many of our student activists, our TPUSA chapter leaders, being able to hear from the speakers this weekend and be filled with so much of conservatism in our society. And so do not lose hope for everybody out there. Gen Z, we are a force to be reckoned with because we are not backing down. And there are hundreds of us across the nation, thousands of us across the nation who are not stopping and going to continue talking about the conservative movement on high school and college campuses and on social media. And I think it's just really important that we continue to push the conservative movement, talk about our values and stand firm as Gen Z because we are not all lost. Hope is not gone. Just take a look at ActCon and CLS that happened this past week, and you saw thousands of shining faces of young Gen Zers that are hungry to be more politically active and hungry to be active in their communities. Morgan, thank you so much for making the audience, I think for once in their life, optimistic after watching <laughs> a War Room episode. If people wanna stay up to date with what you're working on, watch your content, where can they find you on all the various social media platforms? The War Room audience can find me anywhere, any social media platform. My first name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-O-N-N. If you can spell it, you can find me everywhere and on all TPUSA channels. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Natalie.
Now, our next guest, no shade, but he may not be a member of Gen Z. We are talking about a hair loss in the break. Uh, but it is Mike Davis, a very good friend of the show. I don't know if he would still consider me a friend after what I just said. But Mike Davis, legal mind, legal extraordinaire. I wanted to have him on the show. I love when I host. I always just text Mike. I'm like, please come on and, and help me figure out what to say. Um, but no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I always know what I want to say. Uh, but Mike, I thought we had a victory when it came to stopping the Biden regime from colluding with the federal government and the social media platforms to silence basically this show. Although, given what we wanted to talk about, I don't even know if it'd be worth uh, worth their effort. But Mike, it seems like that's no longer the case. Can you walk us through the latest? Well, now, now that Natalie has falsely accused me of having a toupee, which I do not have, uh, so I, I do think that, that, that the Biden administration should censor this blatant misinformation and disinformation. It's, it's, uh, it's horrible what she's spreading. Now, uh, what, we have with, uh, the, what we have with Judge Doty down in the Western District of Louisiana, he put out an injunction saying that the Biden administration, the, the executive branch, cannot collude with big tech officials to censor Americans. And that should just be basic 101 First Amendment constitutional common sense. That's currently being reviewed on appeal. There's a temporary administrative stay so that the, the appellate court can get their arms around this case. But this is an important case and it hopefully will get resolved by the appellate court in a favorable way. And if it doesn't, the Supreme Court should take this and uh, uphold this injunction because we cannot have a government working with private actors, especially trillion dollar big tech monopolists, Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook and Apple to censor, silence, deplatform and cancel conservatives and others uh, with, with whom these leftists disagree. We saw during COVID how dangerous censorship is. They censored doctors and scientists for merely questioning uh, what the, 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 the COVIDians led by Tony Fauci were putting out there. Uh, the COVIDians ended up being wrong in many instances and that led to unnecessary human suffering and death. And that cannot continue. We're not China yet and we cannot go down this path. I'm sure the Biden regime is also particularly ticked off that this ruling came out right now because they definitely need the censorship industrial complex to be coming out in full force with all the information that's coming up out about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the whistleblowers. It seems like there's a new whistleblower almost every other day. It seems like there was actually just uh, a new announcement from the House Oversight Committee talking about how they had, I believe it was a transcribed interview with an FBI agent basically confirming um, a lot of what the IR or the first IRS whistleblower had said about Joe Biden and his involvement in this pay-for-play scheme. Mike, I know you're usually a harsh critic and nine times out of 10, justifiably so, of what oversight and weaponization are doing. Uh, but if you could just give the posse an update on where we stand with finally getting to the bottom of Biden family corruption and hopefully for, for Pete's sake, or I guess I shouldn't say Pete's sake because that might be a reference to pedo Pete, which is what I believe his contact was on uh, Hunter's laptop, but uh, getting Joe Biden and Hunter Biden behind bars. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of James Comer on the House Oversight Committee. I was a critic of uh, Jim Jordan on the House Judiciary Committee because of his stance uh, on big tech, and he needs to get better on big tech, but he's starting to do a really good job on oversight. So I want to commend both of them, and they're starting to unravel the Biden 
crime families, uh, business, uh, illegal corruption business around the world. And that is so important. We have allegations that a sitting president of the United States is compromised by a $10 million uh, foreign bribe as the sitting vice president of the United States. He, he allegedly took a $10 million bribe from Burisma, uh, Ukrainian oligarchs, and changed American policy. He threatened to cut off a billion dollars in U.S. aid if the Ukrainian president did not fire the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma and the Bidens. And remember, President Obama put then Vice President Joe Biden in charge of Ukraine, and they cashed in handsomely, corruptly, illegally, according to this evidence that's been before the FBI since at least 2017. We also have the House Oversight Committee finding tens of millions of dollars more in corruption from Chinese and maybe Ro Romanian oligarchs. We're talking maybe $30 million that went to the Biden family. It seems like every Biden got a piece of this except for the four-year-old granddaughter in Arkansas who Joe and Jill Biden don't claim because they're absolute scumbag, terrible people uh, for not claiming this, this granddaughter. But I mean, look what we have. We have a 53-year-old drug addict loser son living in the White House, flying on Air Force One, flying on Marine One, staying at Camp David. Why is Joe Biden keeping this guy so close? And you have to you have to wonder, is it because Hunter Biden is the bag man? Why is Joe Biden's Justice Department coming up with these sweetheart deals to protect Hunter Biden? Because they're obviously protecting Joe Biden. And so these, uh, the House Judiciary Committee, the House Oversight Committee, the House Ways and, uh, Ways and Means Committee, this should be their number one priority. And it looks like it is, which is good. And that is figuring out whether the President of the United States is compromised by foreign bribes and other corruption, because if he's compromised, he can't stop us. Speaking of drug addicted scumbag sons, I like the way you say that so uh, so classily. i uh, just curious your thoughts on how the Secret Service concluded their investigation of the cocaine incident, which I guess there were previous incidents with other drugs. So I guess diversity really is our strength when it comes to Hunter Biden and his drug habit. Um, but your thoughts, just how bald-faced of a lie it is for the Biden regime to conclude this investigation. Uh, actually, I won't even use the term investigation to just conclude it um, with without any real evidence. It's obviously a cover-up. I mean, we have a video of Hunter Biden on the Truman balcony on the 4th of July with the scumbag Biden family. And he turns around and looks like he is snorting cocaine behind Joe and Jill Biden. And it's pretty obvious that Jill saw this and recognized it because she did one of these uh, looks with Joe to Hunter. I mean, it's it's very obvious whose cocaine this was in the White House. And the funny thing is, is of course, when they first found it, there were leaks out of the White House that they tried to blame Kamala Harris. So of course, let's blame the black woman in the White House and not Hunter Biden, the obvious, the obvious suspect of who would be smuggling cocaine into the Biden White House. It's so clear why they need such a massive and really just totalitarian censorship industrial complex because of the stories that are continuing to leak out of the White House, right? It's a lot harder to suppress all of these just horribly degenerate stories that should have nothing to do, nothing anywhere near the White House. So no wonder why they need CISA 
and all of these three and four letter agencies to help kind of clean up the mess. I know when when uh, the story first broke about the social media rolling, uh, they really honed in on CISA, which I always say is the agency that you've probably never heard of, but they've definitely heard of you. Uh, that is, of course, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Um, again, I think it sort of speaks to the weird priority, priorities of the Biden regime. In other words, we keep seeing these you know, global hacks going on. The Chinese Communist Party is obviously waging cyber warfare on us. And the agency that's tasked with combating that cybersecurity, right, they're too busy censoring Americans uh, on what they're saying about election integrity. Mike, we got about two minutes before I got to let you go. Can you just stress the importance, especially for the members of Congress who listen to this show, those on the Hill, on these committees, on the Weaponization Committee, why they really should be drilling down on CISA? Uh, they should be drilling down on CISA. This is an agency agency that's part of the Department of Homeland Security. And anytime there is any government entity that thinks it's their job to decide what is correct or incorrect information uh, being shared and debated among American people, that agency needs to be shut down immediately. It needs to be defunded immediately. You can't get more dangerous in a democracy than having, than, than having the federal government shut down a government agent or then shut down debate and free speech in a country. I think that'll be one of the top priorities of day one of the Trump administration. Mike, we got to let you go. We got to end this show. But if people want to find you, where can they uh, where can they go to on social media? Thank you, Natalie. They could donate at article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on Getter, Twitter, Truth. And my personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. Mike Davis, I won't say you wear a toupee so we don't get flagged for misinformation. But thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you soon. And Warren Posse, thank you for hanging with me on this Monday afternoon. Like I said, Steve will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. and for the afternoon show. But in the meantime, head over to warroom.org. We got a lot of great stories breaking about Matt Gates, uh, about the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, Hunter Biden, and of course, with the Biden regime, the links they're going to to cover up for international trafficking of minors. And while you're at it, go see Sound of Freedom. Again, Natalie Winters, thank you for joining, and we'll see you tomorrow, 10 a.m. Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each Fruit and vegetable and field of greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take field of greens. Look, field of greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. 
you get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. Pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 